This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hey, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure on Jabberjaw Media. I wanted to tell you guys about the Patreon for the show. It's called the Pleasure Seekers Club, and there's two levels. There's the $5 level and the $10 level. And all this is, guys, is to help support the show, help support the cost of putting the show out, um, you know, time spent uh, building the show, hosting costs, travel costs to do the in-person interviews that you guys like so much. Um, it all costs money, and I always try to find the best deal for sure uh, because I do have a day job as well. But having that support on the Patreon is definitely going to help uh, bring more in-person interviews, more travel more uh, updated uh, graphics, hosting, websites, all that stuff. So, um, And if you like the show, $5 a month or $10 a month really helps out. I know it's kind of a, uh, an interesting thing with the Patreon when something's already free, uh, but it is always going to be free. But if you want to support the show a little bit more, I'd absolutely appreciate it. Uh, you can pay either $5 or $10 a month. We'll try to do some special things for the patrons as well as we go, um, but it's just a way to support the show in a different way, and uh, like I said, I really appreciate you guys coming back week after week. That's the most important thing I can ask for. So definitely go over and check out the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Podcast. Once again, that is patreon.com slash Podcast. Sign up today and join the community and help out the show. Keep it growing, and I thank you so much. Hey, this is Emily White, host of the Interning 101 podcast, part of the Jabberjob Media Podcast Network. Interning 101 brings you interviews from everyone from execs who began as interns to what your dream jobs are looking for in interns. We'll be providing additional wisdom from myself, along with other entertainment and business professionals whose experience provide insights into the interning experience and beyond through a successful career. Listen and subscribe at JabberjobMedia.com. And thanks so much.
What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Jabberjaw Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week, we have a dear friend of mine back from the day when we were living in Alaska, middle school, high school, um, the same group of friends I've had forever. I mean, <laughs> since middle school and high school, um, you know, 36 years old now. My good friend Eric Hawk. Uh, Eric Hawk is now playing guitar for Portugal the Man. Um, he jokes that he took my job on there, and he didn't really take my job. <laughs> um, I was already gone before he came along. There was a couple more after me, um, but it was it was funny all the same. And uh, that's just our sense of humor. You know, we've got a lot of inside jokes and a lot of fun stuff went on in this episode. There's a lot of talk about. Um, the early days when we were playing back in high school in bands, battle the bands, we were doing, you know, local shows, trying to build a local scene, trying to get a skate park built up in Wasilla, Alaska through Sarah Palin, uh, back when she was the mayor. And I mean, there's a lot of heritage and history uh, in this episode. And, uh, you know, Eric and I have been friends a really long time. And, uh, you know, I consider him one of my one of my best buddies and, you know, one of my longest running friends. And, uh, Ironically, almost all my longest running friends from that day um, are either in Portugal the Man or were part of Portugal the Man because um, we all, you know, it was a very incestuous um, kind of scene up in Alaska, especially out in the valley where where uh, we all came up, um, you know, versus Anchorage. So um, anyways, guys, I'm really stoked to bring you this episode. This was a really special one to me having Eric on, you know, after so many years and, and just going back through the, the memories and the stories. So I'm really glad you guys are able to share that with me and and uh, be a fly on the wall for that conversation. Um, and I know Eric had a good time. So I want to get some business out of the way before we jump into the episode per usual. So um, we actually have a new sponsor um, this week and, and this month on Peer Pleasure. So uh, Stumptown Mattress. I know a lot of you guys have probably seen their ads on Instagram. Um, what a fantastic company. Uh, I reached out to Michael from Stumptown Mattress, you know, about, you know, working together. I love working with local companies in Portland, uh, you know, like Sticker Ninja and Stumptown Coffee, um, you know, really like promoting Portland companies where we're from. And these guys are amazing. Um, they sent over a king size mattress and I've been sleeping on it for the past week. And it is like literally like sleeping on a cloud. Um, I know there's a ton of those online mattress companies, the bed in the box, companies and I'm sure a lot of them are great and I know Michael and company ordered a lot of them when doing their research for Stumptown Mattress and their stuff is all done in the Northwest it's the only online mattress company in the Northwest it's sustainably made you know they hire local people and the product is fantastic um, you know, they've been going at this for a while. I know they, they ordered a bunch of mattresses to see what the, you know, all the, the hype was about on these mattresses and they really tailored what they wanted to do to this mattress. You know, it's not too soft, it's not too hard and it sleeps cool. Exactly what they said. You know, I was shocked. I got it here. We just moved into a new house and set it up and literally I am, as a lot of you guys know, I am 350 pounds, six foot five. I'm not a small man. And to feel weightless for eight hours a night is unreal. I've never laid on a mattress like this before. Um, you know, I've tried the Caspers. I've tried the Purples. I've tried all these different mattresses because a lot of my buddies have podcasts 
have been sponsored by these people, and so I've tried them out. And this bar none, hands down, is the elite mattress. And I'm not just saying that because I have one, but I definitely have room to talk because I do. So stumptownmattress.com is the website. Their prices are extremely competitive. They've cut costs. They have free shipping through the, the lower 48. I've already had people reach out about them. Check them out, guys. Stumptownmattress.com. Check the prices. I mean, you're not going to find a better deal. And let them know that Dewey from Pure Pleasure sent you when you order this thing. And, you know, listen to the podcast while you're laying on this cloud. I'm telling you, it's fantastic. And I really appreciate it. Thank you to Michael and all the people over at Stumptown Mattress for hooking up Pure Pleasure. And I'm stoked to be working with them, guys. Um, And I also want to mention... Uh, they are just fantastic people. They delivered it themselves. My wife picked it up right at the front door. They deliver it to your door. If you're in town here in Portland, I mean, it's a real mom and pop feel, which I love to promote on this podcast. So thanks again to Stumptown Mattress, stumptownmattress.com. Check them out. And we'll be talking about them all month this month and, uh, you know, see how things do. So thank you to those guys. Uh, purepleasurepodcast.com is the website guys hit us up on the socials purepleasurepod at gmail.com is the email if you want to get in touch with me have questions um, like I said earlier a lot of people have reached out to me so far on Stumptown Mattress after posting it on Instagram to ask me you know how I felt and uh, yeah so purepleasurepod at gmail.com is the email hit me up questions comments concerns guest ideas anything uh, I always check my emails and I always answer back so a lot of you have emailed me and, and get a response right back. So keep that coming. But guys, I'm really stoked to bring you this episode with Eric. Uh, Portugal Man has been blowing up. I mean, one of the biggest bands in the world right now. Grammy winners. I'm so proud of these guys. And I'm so glad they got Eric in the band. Because it keeps everything in-house really close with our group of friends. And it, it's something really special. It always has been. And they are working on a new record right now. It's going to be fantastic. And you guys all know it is. And I know you're all excited to hear it. And they're down there working on it now, plugging away, plugging away, and plugging away. They work harder than any band I've ever seen. Um, from you know playing with those guys to growing up with those guys, they've always worked hard. And it's something I've always admired and you know tried to learn from and, and uh, implement in my own life. So uh, without further ado, guys, let's jump into this one with my good friend, Eric Hawk from Portugal Demand. What's up, dude? How you doing, buddy? No, I'm real good. Just hanging out in my backyard, watching the sunset, and uh, 
feeling good about the world. Living, How you doing? Living life, dude. <laughs> Tell you what, yeah. Dude, I am uh, <laughs> sitting uh, in the car, and I am looking at a bunch of mud puddles and a prohibited camping ground uh, mm-hmm. behind a window shop. <laughs> I will tell you something. This is a this is a rare phone interview um, that I'm not doing in my car. I usually I usually jump in my car, and uh, I live fairly close, like about a half a mile away from this private beach. And in most of metropolitan Seattle, as as I'm sure you know, the uh, the reception is fucking dog shit. Yes. Um, but I live really close to Carkeek Park, which is kind of equidistant between Shoreline and Ballard and Golden Gardens and all that. There's not a lot of people that live down there, but it gets all the good, you know, cellular juju. So usually, um, also, I think there's just something romantic about looking at the ocean when you try and think of answers to questions contemplatively. Well, sure. And, uh, yeah, you just see the sun setting behind the Olympics, and you kind of feel like no matter what kind of dipshit thing you say in response to to a question, like it it holds a little extra, a little extra oomph, a sure. little extra gravitas. Puts you in the right mindset to make things happen. But today you're shit out of luck because I'm just hanging out on my deck. So no, this you're is gonna good. get whatever. Whatever kind of dipshit thing comes to my comes to my head first, this that's is... what you're getting. <laughs> well, perfect. I'm I've got plenty. I've got plenty. This is hilarious to think about. In well, for you and I, because I mean, we go back a very long ways. Who thought, you know, back in fucking middle school, high school, that yeah, you know, in like 18 years, I'm gonna be interviewing you on a podcast while you're sitting on your deck in Seattle. <laughs> Well, I mean, let's not <laughs> let's not uh, let's not dance around the subject matter too much. I I totally took your job. You did. <laughs> like I, you I did. fucking swiped it. <laughs> you absolutely did. You dirty bastard. Son of a, I never expected someone from the town. Oh, like, dude. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that's hilarious because yeah, you're you're, but your life is drastically different. Then uh, it was for for when I was playing with those guys because now it's fucking busy as shit. Like a couple, every... <laughs> cu- couple of things. Um, first of all, I'm just keeping keeping it warm for you. Mm-hmm. You can have it back whenever you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, like, we 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 get asked um, fairly often. I, I think I heard Zach mention something along this wheelhouse to you in his episode, but, uh, you know, we get asked a lot, like, you know, how has your life changed and how are things different Uh and better? And, you know, how's the, how's the gold star treatment? And it's like, man, I still, I still fucking had Doritos for dinner last night. Like (laughs) the thing thing about just the base level job is it's kind of, kind of weird and gross and uh, you know all those things and the older you get the more sort of matthew mcconaughey and uh, you know <laughs> i keep getting older they still they stay the same age like that doesn't have to be sexualized that can just be about you know life yeah. and art and all those things like i'm <laughs> definitely too old for this shit <laughs> man well 
oh, this is this is awesome. I'm really glad we're doing this because I wanted to do this for a long time, and uh, it's 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 awesome to have you. And and for those listening in, I've already I just start recording when I call. So uh, I figured, yeah. For those out there, this is Eric Hawk from uh, Atoning Sacrifice, drummer. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you're not familiar. Um, I mean, cutting edge, cutting edge Christian hardcore from Wasilla, Alaska. Um, I mean, taking Dude. the scene by storm. And uh, Gideon, Gideon, and Jerry were just—they were—they were phenoms. That yeah. Whole thing. Um, I'm I'm gonna take this opportunity. I know that we're just like <laughs> casting this gigantic inside joke to all of your your base and all your listeners right yeah. now, which is. Yeah probably unfair but um <laughs> um something about you that has always kind of grabbed me you were always extraordinarily supportive and cool to me at a at a point in in your life and in our arc where you absolutely didn't have to be um you were always you know like the number one sort of champion of of any kind of music that was going on in that town and I think, you know, with, without any prompts or outside influence, like you just kind of became this sort of, this sort of, you know, male cheerleader <laughs> that, <laughs> really, that really pushed all of us in, 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 in the middle of our backs in, in kind of a way that, you know, a lot of sort of slack jawed 90s kids in Alaska needed like your your enthusiasm has always been my favorite thing about you so well, thank you um I, so I'm just super happy to be on a phone with you dude you know? that's awesome to hear because I I was just so excited about music in general like I, I came into it I came into live music later like I was like 14 I think um when I or no a 16 <clears throat> when I saw Social D for the first time in in Anchorage and that was my first like show show where I bought a ticket. It wasn't like watching Zach, wow. but it was like, yeah, the Egan center. And wow, that's, that's late in the game. Yeah. Like you could, you could have driven to that life changing experience yeah. <laughs> legally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was, and I, yeah, I lost, uh, I ripped my social distortion shirt. I lost a shoe. It hit Mike Ness in the leg and, uh, to which he stopped the song and said, uh, whoever threw that shoe, bitch, I'll fuck you in the ass. And that I, was you? That was me. And <laughs> that I just was you? Like, I was at that show. Dude, yeah, that was my shoe. So I had the rest of the show with no shoe on, trying to crowd surf and get the whole experience. And that was like what did it for me where I was just like, wow, I want to do this forever at the time. And uh, Well, at that at that point, mid to mid to late nineties, Mike Ness would have fucking mopped the floor with you. Oh, like shit, you probably yeah. You probably had a couple inches on him, but that dude was like Hugh Jackman built. Yeah, yeah, he was, <laughs> he was cut at that point. <laughs> crazy built. So you don't want to be like that was my shoe, sir. Yeah, you would have fucking lost all of your, um, all your top teeth. Well, I've told with one cut. <laughs> I've told this before, but if I ever have him on the show, that's what I'm going to start with is that story because it's fucking hilarious, and I've always wanted to tell him. That was my shoe. <laughs> I think, yeah, you just, you, you do a cold open. Yeah. He's like, he's like, he answers the phone. He's like, hello, this is Mike Ness. And you just go directly into that quote. Like, whoever <laughs> threw that shoe, I'm going to fuck you in the ass. Yeah. 
and uh, see if he gets it. Dude, I've been preparing for it the whole time. I've been stretching and, and uh, you know, what's that, olive oil massage to relax the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, like they do for childbirth. That, that, uh, that, that white person massage. That's I'm ready. super, super I'm clutch ready. right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So you, so you didn't see, you didn't see any of those other sort of, a, sort of formative Anchorage shows that were, were coming to the Egan and the Sullivan before that then. Cause no. I, I, I remember, I remember social D, but before that you had like the ones that kind of changed my world and, and fucked my shit up real bad were, uh, you know, like Primus at the Egan or, yep. or you know, that Slayer show or, um, God, I don't know. There was some huge ones. Agent, Agent Orange yep, at, at gigs, gigs, honestly, was, you know, that, <laughs> that, that, was, that was an invasion. I remember um, into uh, my brain. was Agent Orange, then there was Fishbone. Uh, Unsane came up. Uh, yeah, they sure did. Uh, yeah, Primus, White Zombie, Pantera. I missed everything. Like I just either my parents wouldn't let me go, like they because they didn't want to go with me. And I yeah. I grew up in like a pretty strict Mormon household, so eventually they lightened up. But like, yeah, I was like, oh, I want to go see White Zombie. No, no. Uh, I want to go see Marilyn Manson. <laughs> no, you know, to where now, uh, yeah, that that was the ones they're finally like social distortion like. All right, yeah, you can go to that one. I feel like uh, I feel like in 2019, Unsane can probably still move 1,200 tickets in Anchorage, Alaska. Oh, probably. Like that. That was that was one of those. That was one of those. I mean, that was the thing about Anchorage is if you made the effort and you rented the gear and you booked a couple charter flights and came up here, like we would, we would suck you off so hard. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we'd be talking about like, it forever. Yeah, we're talking about it right and now. Every, yeah, everyone made up stories <laughs> about chasing the limo for White Zombie, and like they just yeah. blew things out of proportion. It became this fucking fishing story that just yeah, it was absolutely hilarious. But there was like the 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 kid that put a M80 in a Coke can and made like kind of a nasty smell at the gigs show, and that eventually. <laughs> sort of you know evolved into like a girl's face got exploded off oh. <laughs> like a pirate. like that's you know it's, it's all fishing stories that's that's where we're from sure the worst thing i did at gigs besides throwing clear Knox gelatin on everybody on our first show there um gross. we made buckets of it it was gross uh <laughs> we just wanted to be you know provocative and, and make people talk about us uh, but yeah, I spit in an ashtray. That was the dumbest thing I've ever fucking done in my life. Mm. Just basted myself. Yeah, because yeah, because you get the you get the blast back, but then you also have that last little string of drool <laughs> that sticks on to somebody's Capri Slim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, well, great. so I mean, you and I, you and I have been around each other a long time, and. Well, I don't know where you were. Were you born in Anchorage? Or were you born in Wasilla? I was born at a at a midwifery across the street from Providence in oh, okay. Anchorage. Um, but yeah, it was a my my grandparents on my mom's side lived. Um, my grandma still lives in the same house, but they were they were in South Anchorage, yeah. and um, we moved um, basically from the the Gateway on the Kenai side. Or no, the little Sioux side of Hatcher's Pass until I was seven, and then once I turned seven, we really moved it up to a uh, a little house on uh, 
on Fairview Loop. Okay. Um, kind of, you know, a few miles up connects. So we were, you know, we went from a, a house that was on two acres that my parents purchased for $18,000 to a two and a half acre house that was purchased for $50,000. So we really, we really got bougie <laughs> in the nineties. <90s. laughs> yeah. It was the nineties. Everyone yeah. was kind of, kind of going for it. Man, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think where we actually met. I think it might've been at Jerry's house or something because I went to, when we first moved up to the mainland in Alaska there, I went to Wasilla High and I filled out all the paperwork, or Wasilla Middle School, and mm-hmm. they said, oh, you're a mile outside of our, our boundaries. You go to Colony. And so yeah. I'd still think how different my life would be if I went to Wasilla. But you were at Wasilla. Jerry kind of went between both, it seemed like. Um, Man, I, I lost so many friends in 1993 because of that kind of new jurisdiction boundary thing. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of, a lot of kids cause I was, I was I, like, I was, you know, out towards Kinnick, but I was also wrapped halfway around Fairview loop. So it was kind of like you were making your way back around again. Yeah. Um, so a lot of kids that just lived across the street or like down the road a bit, you know, suddenly became colony kids. Yeah, and that um, was yeah. It was so weird that in a small town like that, there was three schools. Like, you know, it's insane, <laughs> yeah. and they seemed full to us, I guess, at the time. Yeah, I mean, but, by the time I graduated from Wasilla, I feel like the the graduating class was only like sixty five kids, but going in, it was like three or four hundred. Yeah, was, it was huge. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's totally batshit when Dude. I when I try and look back and think about that stuff. Well, you and um, like you and I. <sighs> I don't it know. was either I know I know where it was because I was thinking about this. I was waiting for this phone call and I was trying to think of our history. Um, and it was either at the Harmony House or the Java Joint um, where I, I I saw Nice Guy Eddie play. OK. Um, and then shortly thereafter, we opened for you at the same place. Um, and you guys played a completely different set through completely different equipment and it's like your professionalism had gone from two to ten so i wasn't really worried about it like we just kind of played a loud you know punk ass whatever show where i just wanted to make sure that you know my guitar was louder than your guitar (laughs) and that was the only thing i cared about and then you guys played like a really tight 12 song set and i was like well shit (laughs) We practiced a lot, man, and I, yeah, I never. That's how I learned to play guitar was from from Nick and Joe. Then you know, Anatomy yeah. of a Ghost and everything else. But it's weird to think like we we were so many. I don't think we were ever in a band together. Maybe we jammed once or twice with Jerry, but I don't think we were ever in an actual band together. You and I, we were always like playing shows together with our our actual bands. But I always remember, this, there, yeah. we we might be going towards the same kind of memory here, but there was one moment where I was home for the holidays. I want, I want to say it was like maybe December 2000 or early 2001 where I feel like we were actually out at one of your guys' houses. Um, and, and, and Jerry was there and we had all just (laughs) discovered the get up kids in like the same week. And then Jerry and I, and I feel like Nick, maybe, played like a, a weird reunion Section 8 set. 
Oh <laughs> where God. we just played all all those songs that we could remember yeah. and sang all the lyrics we could remember and you were definitely chiming in helping out with choruses and stuff like that so Dude. again again yeah. as like the supporter and the cheerleader you've always <laughs> been there you know that was that was 18 years ago God, and so i'm sure crazy. I'm sure you probably still remember a hook or two from that whole thing. I probably do, and that's the. And I think that's one of the trips where you were always into like interesting. It, it's weird. Like I think I think back on it, and I may be remembering this wrong, but I remember you letting me borrow like some CDs from like bands that had like a big single. And then did nothing else, but you're like, no, this record's so good. Like it was oh, like, like not su- not like a surf, su- and, super, dra- super drag, or not a surf, yes. or any of that kind of and stuff. And you were totally, still, but the Seattle scene was day. so different than the Portland scene, like yeah. what people were into. And then so like you and I, like tons of hit, like it's all like our history in Alaska. No one would know anything about because uh, listening because it's all like little local bands and everything else. But yeah, we both moved down from Alaska. I moved to Portland with the guys, and you moved to Seattle. And you're still in Seattle. You're in Seattle right now. Um, I'm, I'm looking at Puget Sound right now. Yeah. yeah. So but you went like a whole different path. Like we went down this like total like weird like we were like punk rock kids, and then we discovered like new metal and uh, like vagrant records and things like that, and went down this other path. And then Screamo, and you went yeah. down the path of like this, like rad, like Strokes, garagey kind of Seattle sound. Well, that that stuff all came later. Like we were we were all confused in the year two thousand. <laughs> let's be honest. Like we thought computers were gonna stop existing. Yeah. Um. So it was kind of a devil may care time. Sure. Um. Is this is this a good point to just go on a monologue? Sure. Cool. Okay. Um, so yeah, this is basically, form, basically right before I moved, um, I don't know how the guidance counselors were um, at Colony, oh, God. but they were pretty fucking cool at Wasilla High. We had this guy named John Hill, um, no relation to the record producer, John Hill. Um, but basically, he was just like, he got me. He got what I was doing. He got that I was checked out of academia, but I was still like a smart kid, but I was disenfranchised. Mm-hmm. It's like, I I have watched your grades plummet from, <laughs> you know, just like this honor society level to, to just basement floor, rock bottom, like you're not even showing up kind of stuff. Um, but they tell me you're pretty good at music. So why don't you just go, why don't you go move somewhere and like, I don't know, start a band or make some friends or find some like-minded people because there's a lot of disenfranchised 18 and 19 year olds in the world that are trying to do the same thing. Sure. Um, And at the same time, that kind of dovetailed with the fact that I had been, I had had a few jobs in Alaska, but I had what I, what I considered to kind of be my first like potential career at that point. I was working, um, I was working for my grandfather out in Merrill Field, and uh, he worked out of a hangar mm-hmm. um, work, working on Cessnas. It was a little shop called Air Parts, 
which was basically like a you know like a Cessna 172 Skyhawk kind of salvage yard. Okay. Um, so he would go fly out to crash sites and either get the plane back in the air or buy the wreck, you know, for cash and then strip it and have a warehouse full of parts. Um, so he paid me very little for a very long time through high school. Uh-huh. Um, you know, 15, 16, 17, I was just in there like, you know, washing blood off of altimeters and like <laughs> just <laughs> scrubbing up parts to put on the shelf to sell. And then I graduated high school. I had been there for a couple of years and suddenly he started paying me a lot for a small amount of time. And that was very much a choice that I could make. Like I could stay there, you know, I could, you know, get, um, whatever girl I was dating at Wasilla high school at that point pregnant and, uh, you know, like keep working at that job (laughs) and have my life and do my thing. Or I could just like, you know, go chaotic with it and throw it into a blender and say, fuck it. Um, so I said, fuck it. And weirdly enough, it's, it's, you know, there's been a few points in my life where I've been able and willing to just say fuck it. And it's, you know, it's, it's been uncomfortable for an amount of time. And then it, it, it all sort of works out because I'm stubborn and I just stick to whatever I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, I didn't see, I didn't know any of that. I didn't know anything um, about you. I think I've already a- down. There's a there's a real crazy side note to all that. Okay. Um, basically, um, I kind of I kind of I kind of gauge a person and and judge a person based on what they do when there's no obligations hanging mm-hmm. on their head. Um, so right now I'm working on finally getting my pilot's license and getting all the certifications I can with that. Okay. And. Uh, again, it kind of goes back to that whole Cessna thing. Like that was definitely the biggest part of, of my world in my life. And, uh, now I've found this instructor in the Bay area and, uh, I'm just trying to get back up in the air, um, independently because like airplanes to me are just, you know, I, I don't know what our state bird actually is in Alaska. I assume it's the bald Eagle. It's probably not. <laughs> What is it? It's the Oh man. Ah, now I can see it. It's I not the magpie. No. <laughs> Shit. It's it's the Cessna 172. Okay. It's the Cessna 172 is what the state bird is of yeah. Alaska. Yes. I'm, I'm just 100% <laughs> convinced. You know, you look at percentage of population that have pilot license and Alaska is number 1 by like a factor of 500%. You know, like we, we, we're just crazy about little planes up there because yeah. that's such a such a way of living. So, um, you know, when I'm when I'm left to my own devices and I've got my time and all that kind of stuff, that's that's what I want to work on. Man, that's rad. That's rad. And so, like, yeah, when you have time too, because <laughs> you're so which, damn busy. Which, well, uh, yeah, which which I do and I don't. Yeah. Um, like. I'm sure Zach kind of let you in all, on a little bit of what our schedule looks like right now. Yeah, um, he did. But 2019 ain't going to look like 2018. Yeah. And it ain't going to look like 2017 and <laughs> on and on and on. Like we, we have to control all delete this thing. Yeah. Like we gotta, we gotta make a new record and come out with a new look and 
you know, uh, we played so many of the, of the same markets so many times in the last couple of years. Yeah. Man. Kind of a, an example that we use a lot is, you know, in 18 months, we played Toronto, Ontario five times. Jesus. <laughs> we, we just played the fuck out of Toronto. <laughs> they don't, they don't need us right now. They, yeah, they don't they need, need a portable band. <laughs> give give another band a chance and we'll come back with something new something fresh so. yeah jesus christ so uh, yeah um like we're we're transitional we're trying to work on new stuff but at the same time i'm trying to figure out like what makes me happy yeah and ultimately you know anytime that i've been in a small airplane in my life i've looked down um, literally look down my nose at people on the ground <laughs> and been like, you guys are all doing this so wrong. You could just be up here going wherever, you know, hearing yeah. that hum of the propeller and the engine. And that, that's just always been a super important part of my existence. And it's a, it's a real, real special thing. Yeah, man. I to man, that's funny. I've had that feeling because not on the level that you've had it, you know, where it changes your life, but I did the job shadowing thing in high school and I was like, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to go big. My neighbor's a pilot for uh P Peninsula air or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, Pen air, yeah. Yeah. Pen air. And he took me up in his Cessna and we flew over Colony High School and I took pictures of it to show people like, this is what I'm doing with my day off pretty much. It was rad. And he's like, hey, why don't you just look take at the how, controls? Look at how small that football field is. Yeah. Come on. Fuck, yeah. come on. Yeah. And he let me take the controls and it was just like, "What? wait, what? And he starts reading a magazine. I was like, what the hell is going on? I'm sure it was on some kind of autopilot or something. I don't know if they even have it in a Cessna, but I was like, I was literally like controlling the fucking plane. It was insane. Are you enjoying the show? If you are, definitely head over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere you're listening to podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Throw us a five-star rating or a review. We really appreciate that. It helps the show out big time. So like I said, if you are enjoying the show, head on over and give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume podcasts. Thank you. If it was anything close to close to mine, they'd be like, you know, take the controls for a bit. And then, you know, the pilot would go back into the back and start looking for, you know, a passport or something. <laughs> and 10 seconds later, he'd turn back around and be like, I thought I told you to stay on this heading. <laughs> like, I thought I was. I don't know. <laughs> like, that's, that's kind of the fun thing about it. You think you think that you're doing a good job because you're just not bumping around, but yeah. ultimately like that's, that's my favorite thing about flying little planes is uh, they're just kind of going to go where they're going to go. Sure. And you can make, you can make suggestions otherwise. Man. <laughs> but, that's insane. That's yeah, insane. Crazy. You, uh, yeah. Man. Well, one thing I wanted to talk about on this and we don't have to, but, um, on this episode, you you had a pretty amazing, not amazing is the wrong word, a massive life change happened to you back when I was still touring and I was removed somewhat from it to where uh, when you had your accident, um, I don't know the whole story that happened with that. I don't know the story of the recovery from that. And I don't, all I remember is leaving for tour, getting a phone call. John got a phone call that Eric was in an accident and he's paralyzed. 
and we all just they fucking stopped the van pulled over what the fuck and it was kind of came to i was hearing about it through the uh john and and maybe zach that had been in communication with your family and what was going on um and i was just removed enough that i didn't really get a lot of the story i kind of heard roughly what happened but i wanted i mean that's a massive fucking thing that i wanted to talk about with you and and like i said we don't have to talk about it if you don't want to talk about it but um no here's 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 why i love you man um a lot of a lot of times you know i'm in i'm in kind of a weird position where people um sometimes want to hear me talk and if if and when anything in that avenue is going to come up, usually there's this whole kind of sensitivity uh, precursor interview that happens where they're like, okay, at some point the interviewer might bring this thing up. Are you comfortable talking about this? I love that you just fucking go for it because well, the less we're friends, the less power you know? we're, we're friends and the less power that you give the stigma, like, you know, the more sort of normalized and get on with yourself it becomes yeah um but yeah the 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 other thing i'll i'll kind of point out there is even even today um when i'm touring with john and he finds out that you know a friend or a family member um is facing some kind of adversity like he'll proverbially stop the van and pull it over and be like what the fuck like that's a super empathetic dude yeah, and and him and Zach were two of the first guys that came and saw me in the hospital afterwards. They didn't have to; they just did. Yeah. Um. So you know, bless them because that's that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ultimately, you know, growing up in Alaska, you do you do crazy shit all the time. Like you jump into rivers, and um, you know. Most of most of your friends have guns or four wheelers or fucking whatever, um, and you just do dumb shit. So I had done dumb shit my whole life. What got me was literally sitting on like a ledge and it and it falling back. Like I'm I'm actually kind of pissed off that the thing that broke my spine and kind of set me back was so just basic yeah because <laughs> yeah, i had done so much crazy shit you know like i've i've you know i i, I lived a proper you know teenager's life in the valley yeah and did all kinds of stupid shit um but i mean you know everyone's everyone's story is a little different with a spinal injury but yeah the the upshot is um you know, for the last 11 years or so, I've kind of had to normalize and get around the fact that, um, you know, I've been a complete paraplegic. Um, but it's only, again, like even us talking about it, like it's only when it comes up in conversation that I even realize I'm different. Yeah. I kind of feel like I kind of feel like a three legged dog most of the time. It's like, you know, you ask that like three legged golden retriever, like, you're all, you're so brave. You're such a good boy. How do you get by having three legs? And he's just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck are you talking, talking about? about <laughs> yeah. I'm just a good boy. I'm just a, I'm just a dog. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I, I like I'm I'm at a place now where um, you know I just I get to kind of do my dream job and you know work with my friends and all that kind of stuff, and I I realize that's kind of a optimal turnout of the whole situation. Yeah. Um. So you know there's there's kind of a, a really delicate line for me to dance around and and kind of realize that like not everybody gets to kind of have the same process that I did um it's a it's a crazy thing and you know if uh if all you ever knew in your whole life was shingling and roofing and this happened to you um fuck you know yeah like you have to reinvent yourself Luckily, I got my fingers, I got my hands, I got a couple guitars. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, BB King always sat down to play his solos. So. Yeah, that's a good. At the point. end of the day, at the end of the day, I'm uh, I'm extraordinarily fortunate um, to 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 just be able to kind of stay course yeah. and keep doing what I want to do. Man. Um, so, you know, I, I try not to be dismissive about it, but just mm-hmm. in terms of personal journey, um, I, I really did um, kind of get a little bit of a golden ticket in terms of, you know, like, you know, stay in status quo and yeah. stay in the course. Man. Uh, yeah, I remember that day and it was just, I, I remember they said, uh, or I think John said that it was from the neck down and... I don't know. Yeah, it, there was. Yeah, there I was, was some, crushed there because was some I knew. Oh my god, around. he can't play guitar. Like that, can't play music. That's yeah. the first thing that went through my mind was, "Fuck, what's going to happen?" Because it was like so I, everything taken away. So yeah, again, like there's you know there's a, a whole rainbow coalition of spinal injuries. We've got all these, all these vertebrae and all this wonderful kind of neuropathic. Um, tissue and you know the further up you go uh you know the more the, the the more sort of restricted and limited um and and stringent your your aftercare is going to be mm-hmm. and i was pretty high i was fairly high um but i wasn't anywhere anywhere close to to quadriplegic territory and i know some badass quads i know some some quad musicians that you know, like one of my favorite slide guitarists in the world is the quad. Um, so it's, it's, I think, you know, ultimately kind of up to you to figure it out. But I definitely, um, I definitely got lucky in that, in that regard. Yeah, you did. And, and, and man, what a, what a fucking ride. And then, yeah. So when I want to, I want to kind of talk about too, when, when you got involved with Portugal, because I didn't know about it until I think you'd been playing with them for a while before, or at least like either writing or rehearsing with them for a while before I, I think Johnny told me that, uh, or no, it was Zach. It was like, oh, oh, I know what it was. It was, it was the first set of Edgefield shows, I think. And uh, him and I were talking. Oh, I was back like, then? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Was it? It, He's like, Eric's going to actually be playing with us. I was like, really? That's awesome. And then I didn't know that you'd been like writing and, and, and doing like a bunch of stuff with them at the time. And I, so, that... it, so if, if memory serves me right, um, like I, I had done a couple of one-off festivals with them mm-hmm. or in and around like 2014, 2015. Um, I think that first 
Edgefield show was when the boys were still doing main support for Cage, right? Cage the Elephant. Yes. Is that yes. Yeah. So that was that was my first like kind of you know big tour proper and god what a what a crazy pool to jump into you know like at that yeah. point cage was you know uh cage was playing basketball arenas and and just these these you know megalith places and that was kind of my introduction to what it's like to be a touring member of the band so yeah um so that was huge it was enormous and and what a the cool thing to kind of leap into yeah um like I, I feel like maybe my my fourth show with those guys was the bell center in montreal which is a seventeen thousand person arena you know it's jesus christ psych, psychotic <laughs> um so and again like the pressure is kind of off and the guys are having you know a, a good time because they're off album cycle and you know people friends is a few years old at this point yeah and they're just they're just on the road to be on the road and because they love cage um so the uh the 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 sort of just you know stress and tension and pressure is definitely mitigated at that point they're yeah. just they're in it for a good time you know um and that's what i got to waltz myself right into um, but I will, I, you know, I will say around the time that you were still definitely in touch with the guys, um, there was, we were in talks and again, part of the reason that they came out and visited me in, in, in the hospital was we were in talks for me joining the evil friends touring lineup, uh -huh. um, when, when all that went down, um, which I was admittedly pretty hesitant about just because, I had been keeping track of y'all, you know, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. keeping, keeping tabs on my space. And I'm like, fuck me. They're in Germany for 400 days. You know, <laughs> like, you guys, like the band was just from day one. Like I, I had joined up with some touring outfits and like, I had, I, I felt like I was a road dog doing my, you know, 40 or 50 days on the road every year. And then here you guys are just, fuck it like <laughs> fuck my apartment fuck my job fuck my girlfriend like, yeah i live i i now live in in germany <laughs> and like it was just, it was crazy to me um so there was you know like i don't i i i don't know if i ever got the job but i was definitely a, a second call interview kind of guy that <laughs> you know felt like so I think the boss likes me, you know, yeah. I think he responded well to me. So, so I don't oh, know, like man. there was, there was that kind of level of trepidation and just knowing that your whole camp was just gung ho and fucking psychotic in terms of just going for it. Yeah. Um, and then that went down and, and I don't know, like I, I, I took a little bit of time off and, and played a couple of shows with the lashes and got the taste again. And then I started joining a bunch of other touring bands just to kind of stay on the road. Yeah. 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 Um, just, you know, if you, if you, if you got that disease <laughs> and, <laughs> and you've, and you've tasted the medication for it, like you'll, you'll just do whatever it takes to get back there. I think. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. That's, that's, uh, yeah. But then, 
So then everything changed. Then what the other side of the coin is uh, recording, get Woodstock together. That comes out and it's no longer the Cage the Elephant tour. It's no longer off cycle. It's full fucking blast. But the cool thing there is those guys didn't experience that kind of shit before either. So you guys kind of all got it in the face at the same time is what it seems like to me. They they had already done way more than I had done at, at that point in my career, you know. Like I I, I kind of tried to keep it alive, but you know I I know what you're saying, and I totally hear what you're saying. But I I do feel like just kind of going into it, you know, their 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 font size on the festival show posters <laughs> went up a bit, but it didn't go from bottom line to top line. Like they put True. the work in. True. Yes. Absolutely. Those, those, those dudes are just crazy workers. Um, so the fact that there was already kind of this this bedrock of of ethic and you know ethos and all that, um, you know, getting getting just like a fluke hit when we're all just you know kind of <laughs> pale, chubby, out of shape, thirty seven year old Alaskan dudes is <laughs> like way better than getting it if we were like you know skinny fashion molded 16 year old you oh know, god hot shots from wherever <laughs> yes you know oh <laughs> um, my god like thank god thank god that you know everyone every, everyone had kind of seen some shit at yeah. that point because, yeah man because, oh my gosh I remember watching, like, just on Facebook and stuff. Just say, you know, how you were. I think you were chronicling all the flights. Like, only twenty-seven more flights this year, or something like that. Like, just Dude. like holy <laughs> shit! Literally, just globe trotting yes. and fucking interview after interview. Like, I always felt bad because I was like, you know, anytime I would talk to to either like you or Zach or John, like, hey, you want to come on the podcast? It's like. No, you probably don't want to go. You fucking talk about this shit all the time, <laughs> but hopefully it's a lot less pressure because it's just a conversation. You know, like where I remember landing in Germany for the first time, I literally hadn't slept uh, like at all. I took like I don't know three or four Tylenol PMs on the plane, couldn't sleep. I went to the hotel, crashed out for like five hours. They were doing interviews that whole time, and then came back yeah. and woke me up. And like I was like, what? What? Isn't isn't interviews? that a, isn't that isn't that a dirty, guilty feeling oh. where you wake up and someone is like, "Oh no, I got it, I covered it." Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, and you're just like, you're oh, just like, thanks. oh. <laughs> no matter how exhausted you are, no matter how just like everyone should be on my level, I I know that feeling of just waking up and someone's like, "No, I got you." <laughs> yeah, like okay. ah, just r- <laughs> the the back of the back of the fingers to the cheek, just. It's okay. I've got yep. you. I've got this. Yep. You just, you just snuggle up and and uh, I'll deal with Rolling Stone. Just <laughs> go ahead and go back to sleep. Yeah, uh, yeah I'll, I hear that. I'll deal with Larry King. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> I hear that season five of Adventure Time is streaming now. Just, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> like, go to the land of Ooh. Go do your thing. Oh, dude. <laughs> so, I mean. Tell me some cool some cool experiences you've had through this ride. I mean, is there things that stand out to you, like holy uh, shit moments, spinal tap moments? I mean, this is so, this is the stuff that we talk about in the van or the bus, like just hilarious things that have happened or crazy things that have happened. I talked to Zach a little bit about it, but um, I know Johnny has stories too. But you guys are all going through this together. I mean, 
Was there anything yeah, that stands that, out to you over this last year that was just like, what the fuck? Or well, Zach is a uh, Zach is humble as shit. Yes, so I kind of think I already know what his answer was like. He's like, oh no, man, it's crazy. It's all crazy, you know. Yeah, that's um, pretty much it. <laughs> like, no, I I I get it. I've seen him say that, and it's it's a question that comes up. It's like, what's the craziest thing that you guys have done? I, oh my gosh, you know, like that the the sort of Mendoza line of insanity gets raised every time that you do something new and crazy. Sure. Um so when you when you do stuff that kind of reflects, you know, a, a growth of of the village and everyone's kind of like coming up and, and unlocking bigger locks and getting into crazier rooms, um it's it's just hard to keep the perspective I, w- I would say you know like doing doing the ellen show once is crazy doing it twice is fucking insanity um, <laughs> my kids watch know, that like, my kids watch that i came home from work dude, everyone should watch ellen She's dude the best. my, um, <laughs> my five-year-old and my seven-year-old watched that and loved it they, yeah it was awesome that was so cool yeah and i mean you know uh being being on the TV, being on the old picture radio, no matter who's yeah, running the show, is 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 pretty crazy. But when you when you meet someone like Ellen, who's just so unlike the rest of them, and she's so not a good old boy, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We were the the first time we we went in and did it. You know, we're we're sound checking, and the crew is setting stuff up. She just grabs like a fold of there kind of drags it to the front of the stage grabs a second foldable chair to use as an ottoman and puts that in front of the first chair <laughs> sits down kicks up kicks up her feet and just watches our sound check and she's like cracking jokes with us you know like yeah yeah, yeah. she's just she's just there like there's absolutely no reason for her to be that cool and you can't force being that cool that that that's not an affectation that's just who you are um the second time we saw her uh la was going through all the fires and the mudslides and she within 45 seconds of seeing us again started crying because one of her neighbors was was out of out of home and you know like misplaced and you know just that's that's just pure empathy yeah. Um, I think, I think she's pretty much as good as people get. Um, so for her to kind of, you know, handpick us yeah. and, and grab us and be like, you guys were pretty good last time. Do it again. You know, like that's, <laughs> that's, that's insane. Yeah. Um, There's not a lot of people that can say, oh, are we doing Ellen again? Yeah. Or Conan again, or, you know, well, well, I guess there are some that's, that's, I don't know. Uh, did I hear something about? Did you guys play a song twice on Fallon, and he had to like leave or something? So he's like getting he, the audience all fucking hyped up. Dude, he was so good to us. Um, that was that was a hundred percent just him kind of doing us a solid. Um, because I, I don't know the exact story, but I I, I want to say and John, if you're listening, um. I'm so sorry, man, but I think <laughs> that you told the group that you messed up the the, the second verse lyrics. Um, oh, that's right. And I, I feel I feel like it was just a moment where he 
he sang half of the wrong line and then and then just kind of stopped. Yeah. And then finished yeah. out the song and it was fine. Um and Fallon was like, Okay, that was Portugal the Man. That was pretty good. Okay, we're gonna do one more take, but this one's only for audience reaction. So really play it up. Like big smiles, clap your hands. All right, here we go. In three, <laughs> two, you know, and he just fucking old school TV the shit out of it. That's rad. Dude. Yeah. Which that's a that's a lost art. The only way that you know how to do that is if you spent your first five years of your career um where basically Horatio Sands is trying to crack you up. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like <laughs> you're like Horatio Sands spent so much of his energy trying to make Jimmy Fallon fuck up his lines that I think he just gets that moment where he's like, Okay, <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna do it again, but this time with enthusiasm. <laughs> he spent his first five years in the hot tub at the Welshley Arms Hotel. Oh my god! Or as leather <laughs> Leatherman. With <laughs> uh, name name a more iconic duo. Yeah, oh, wait, dude, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. That's it. And I mean, you guys have gotten to do some cool shit and it's, and it's still going and it's going to continue to keep going, but it's just, it's, uh, and like, it's funny that you bring up the cheerleader thing because that's literally what I do like that. I'm literally sitting at home watching like a performance of you guys on anything. Like I'll come in from work, like Ellen's on and I'm just like, Oh my God. Like, cause I knew it was coming on, but it was like, I get home like right in that time frame. Um, and the kids are sitting watching it. I'm just like all stoked. And then uh, I, I I forget what it was like. Cora, Cora and Grayson don't uh, associate things. This like we go over to Johnny's house and get some pears or something off the pear tree. And and mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's that's who you saw on TV. He sings Texas. The song I think feel it still is called Texas. It, it's weird. It's a whole story. <laughs> but um, that he sings Texas. It's like nah, no what. No, they just don't put it together. I was like, uh, yeah, yeah. You were just watching him on on this TV show or or whatever, and and I like, ah, no no, they just don't even buy it. Mm. Like they think it's it's hilarious. But um, the the coolest thing is is what I was telling Zach too is I I'm literally thinking like, what are these guys thinking right now? You know, like or right before it's gonna happen if it's live. Like, oh my god, I'm just wondering like, you know, and I'm like like cheering on from the sidelines, you know. Because for me, I'm really happy that I'm not doing that because I couldn't stand <laughs> to be away from my kids that long, you know. Um, yeah. But and we've and we've got a couple of those in the band now. Like yeah. Now that now that Jason's got you know a one in one third year old and and Francis is just you know a tiny <laughs> tiny adult. Yes, um, she is. It's oh god, the best adult. Um, it's crazy, you know. Like I, I, I feel, I feel real, real deep for those guys that have to go these kind of marathon halls without their littles. Yeah, you know, Jason, Jason missed. Uh, <laughs> he missed his. I don't know why I'm laughing. It's tragic. He missed his, his son's first birthday. Yeah, and it was it was a thing that was on the calendar for like, you know. 11 and three quarters months yeah exactly. <laughs> it's like do not book a show 12 months from now because it's my son's first birthday and that was you know a, a, a huge a huge you know end of tour alaskan show and he's like god damn it okay fine 
Wow. It's a, it's a huge thing. And I think that's a lot of what feel it still was born out of. It's just kind of John's anxieties of, of being away from his, his daughter. That's, you know, making up her, her own mind and kind of creating her own personality and her own rules and everything. Um, so I feel, I feel for those guys. I can't, I can't fully wrap my head around it. Um, because I'm not there, but I, I see, I see, I see the hurt and I feel for those dudes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and I just think like when I get home every night, I'm just like, I've seen all this awesome shit that's going on, but at the same time, like, man, I've done a lot of that to a degree like mm-hmm. i know what it's i don't i don't know the degree that you guys are on now but i do i have satisfied enough of that dream to be comfortable doing something else and not having like the what if i think that's the only way i could have stopped is if i had truly felt like i had done something that i you know had been trying for since i was you know a teenager um that makes it definitely easier on my end but um yeah you just have such just- a cool thing it's it's such weird perspective you know like well there's 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 so many different group text chats that happen um you know it's like (laughs) only the band the band plus manager the band plus whoever the band plus sound you know only the sound guys only the crew and like there's just all these all these kinds of things but um there's there's a, a kind of regular thing that happens where or happened, which we're, we're super fortunate to have been a part of, but mm-hmm. basically it's a, you know, our manager texting us like, Hey, you guys are on the soundtrack for this regional ad out of Grand Rapids, Michigan for this, whatever outlet. And <laughs> John and John is so good at just immediately writing back. Like, is that good? you know is that is is that cool did we want that you know like were we were we in competition for anyone else for that (laughs) um so that kind of takes the piss out of things a little bit sure uh being like having that that internal monologue voice of like ah is is that good yeah (laughs) with everything that you do (laughs) is uh incredibly helpful yeah i bet <laughs> he always he's done that forever he's, he's yeah. done that forever since the since the early before we'd even got on tour is that good what what is that what is that <laughs> i'm so glad well, it's I'm, still going i know I, I know he used to call you uh dewey like dewey <laughs> Do, do we really? <laughs> so it's kind of yeah. Yeah, you'll be pleased to know that your your legacy uh, continues on. Oh, perfect. Yeah, we've been through some ups and downs, him and I, through the years. But no. yeah, we were just young kids with anatomy started, and yeah, we would go at each other's throats, and, and then yeah, him and Logan would fight like crazy, and then Logan ended up marrying him and Zoe. So. <laughs> Is you grow yeah. up and you 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 expand in a lot of ways, physically and and mentally. But like, yeah, it's awesome. I just love seeing my friends doing something cool, regardless whether it's entertainment or with work or with kids or whatever. It's just awesome to see, you know, where everyone ends up, you know, or has ended up for the time being. 
you know, and, and you know, I, I just, I just owe you a debt and oh, no, you don't. I know we, we kind of tread, tread over this a little bit, but honestly, like I, you know, there's not a lot of blueprints for what we were trying to do back in the day. Um, you know, I could try and be, you know, like, uh, <laughs> I guess, you know, <laughs> Like the drummer of Thirty Six Crazy Fists, or you uh, know, like I, there, there just wasn't, there wasn't a set path for kids like us out of the town to do it. You know, guys like us wanted to do, um, and it always kind of seemed to me like you had a better grasp over so much of this stuff than anyone else I was talking to. So, so I really do like I, I you know, I I respect what you're doing now, and uh, always always liked your your songwriting and your craft and and uh your aesthetics and what you were doing back in the day so uh good to talk to you man dude yeah i i appreciate i appreciate the words man and i and i i it means a lot to me coming from you you know and like the same thing looking up to to you and what you're doing you were always such an amazing musician you know you're doing drums guitar and then oh yeah i know that song and just play you and harvey both would just play anything like and and I always looked at your style. Like you had this, you have this really interesting style where you have really long fingers and you play almost sideways. And it was always like, how is he playing that fast that I way? Have the shittiest, it's the shittiest fucking technique. weird. But it, but you make <laughs> it work. It's you horrible. always have. I would just watch your hands. Like, what the fuck is he doing? But like the notes are coming out and everything's right. And it's like. That's interesting, you know. It's like watching people that play guitar really low and they they cup their hand instead of using their thumb as like a, 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 a support on their hand or their on their uh, fingering hand, where they're almost just sliding it along the neck, and and still Dude, having just, to hit solos and everything else. It's fucking <laughs> crazy. I'm just a left-handed kid that couldn't afford left-handed scissors. Dude, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's Man. fine. Well, Eric, dude, I I appreciate the time, man, and and uh, we need to get together in person soon. We can, and um, I'm gonna be in. I don't know when you're going down to the studio. I'm gonna be in L.A. next weekend for a couple of days, um, but you may you may still be in Seattle at that time. Um, I'm back and forth a lot, and uh, all of my flight school stuff is in the Bay Area, okay. so uh, I'll be. Plus, uh, I got a girlfriend that lives in Pasadena, so I'm dude. I'm just like. I'm mono mono coastal. Yeah, you are. I'm, I'm I'm real good with that north south stuff. So, dude, uh, soon. Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, I really appreciate it, and and uh, it's awesome, you know, being friends for so long, and and I mean, it's just something I really value is having friends still from middle school, high school time, and just it's it's. We all went through the same times and the same technology and things like that. We're just everything. We kind of just on the same level, and it's just uh, it's awesome to to get to talk to you. So, um, man, so good. I really appreciate um, it. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Eric Hawk from Portugal, the man, my good buddy from the back in the day, back in middle school and high school, uh, all the way through today. And uh, I know we had some good inside stuff on there, but hopefully you guys gathered a lot from it. Um, Eric's just a fascinating guy, has had an amazing life, and continues to do great things. One of the best guitar players I've ever seen, and even back in the garage. I mean, one watching him play, he was one of the best guitar players around, especially in, in our area. 
um, and just continues to blow minds. So I'm stoked to uh, to hear this new Portugal the Man record they're working on. Um, I know he's doing his pilot's license, all sorts of cool stuff. So we got a lot of cool episodes coming out as well in the coming weeks. Um, but I definitely want you guys again to check out Stumptown Mattress, uh, stumptownmattress.com. Get yourselves one of these things, man. They will change your world. Um, you'll feel weightless and cool and comfortable. And you know, it's it sounds sounds weird to say this, you know, but a mattress can have a huge impact on your whole your day to day, you know, your week to week, your overall attitude, your mood, your back. I mean, my back pain is gone. It's it's insane, guys. Stumptownmattress.com. Check them out. They've been a great partner to the show and put a lot of faith in us as well. So uh, let definitely, if you do pick up a mattress, let them know Dewey and Pure Pleasure sent you. Uh, it's uh, purepleasurepodcast.com. Hit up the website for all the new updates and everything else as usual. And uh, we're going to get out of here and move on to the next week. And there's more great stuff to come, guys. So as usual, we'll see you on the radio.